Okay, let me give you some interesting Thanksgiving facts. 91% of Americans eat turkey on Thanksgiving Day. I always like to check, anyone out there having prime rib? Okay, maybe Christmas, okay, I'll check again. Thomas Jefferson thought the concept of Thanksgiving was the most ridiculous ideal he ever heard of. He just wasn't into that. It was Abraham Lincoln, of course, that will make it uh, uh, set, set aside that day. Uh, it became a holiday for us as a nation during the Civil War. It originates back with Lincoln uh, being set in November. Here's an interesting one. 50% of Americans put stuffing inside the turkey. We always have a debate about that. So it's a, it can go either way. How many of you guys put it in your turkey? Okay. How many do not? Yeah, see, it's about, about yeah, okay. See, there, there we go. And always like this one, 40 million green bean casseroles will be served on Thursday. Okay. Yeah, that's good stuff. We'll probably have one at our house. Well, look at 1 Corinthians 16. Always good to look at just some basic things about thankfulness and just review these things and keep them before us. In 1 Chronicles 16, we find an event that gives insight about being a thankful person. We're going to read part, a psalm that's written by David. It was written in celebration after the Ark of the Covenant was brought in to the city. Parts of this psalm can be found in, in uh, Psalm 105 and Psalm 96, but we're going to go back to Chronicles and look at what David gives here. Well, I'll just look at verses 7 through 11, uh, but we see in verse uh, chapter 16, it begins with the uh, bringing of the Ark of the Covenant of God and the blessing of that. Uh, and it was a great celebration. But I want to look at what David wrote. So stand with me as we read our verses this morning. We'll pick up at verse 7. It says, Then on that day David delivered first this psalm to thank the Lord into the hand of Asaph and his brethren. Give thanks unto the Lord, Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him. Sing praises unto him. Talk ye of all his wondrous works. Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for David's heart, uh, for, for the things that he put down that just encourage us so much today, every day. And Lord, we just pray today we'd be encouraged by your word, for we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. So notice what David tells us about being a thankful person. Uh, the first one David would tell us is that we give thanks by giving thanks to the Lord. Now, that's pretty obvious, isn't it? But sometimes that, the obvious can be overlooked. David didn't do that. We look at how he begins this psalm in verse 8. Give thanks unto the Lord. So that's where he starts. 
The Ark of the Covenant had been successfully brought in to the city. And that was significant because if you remember the circumstances around that, David had tried once before to bring the Ark of the Covenant to move it. And it met, met with tragic results. They moved it the wrong way. And it about fell off the, the little donkey cart thing they put it on. And one man reached out to stabilize it. And when he touched the Ark of the Covenant, God struck him dead. So it was a time of mourning, that first attempt. And now David has a thankful heart. And he thanks God. Uh, Francis Schaeffer in his timeless quote he says, the beginning of men's rebellion against God was and is the lack of a thankful heart. Uh, so we need to realize anytime we don't give thanks to God, we are stepping towards being rebellious to God. A thankful heart keeps our heart soft. It's vital for our faith. Uh, Paul, when he wrote many of his letters to the churches, he would have say something about thankfulness. To the Colossians, be ye thankful. <coughs> to the Thessalonians, he would say, in everything, give thanks. And to the Corinthians, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. When Jesus fed the 5,000, uh, the Gospels tell us that he looked up to heaven, gave thanks, and blessed the meal. So as we observe Thanksgiving Day, it, it, it's good day to give thanks. But David would tell us it's good every day to give thanks. It should be a daily experience, not just a holiday. <coughs> All right. What else would David tell us? Be thankful by calling on the Lord. You look in verse 8. He says, call upon his name. <coughs> so that tells us the thankful people call on the Lord. It's dangerous to be self-sufficient. To get prideful. And David had met disaster when he tried to move the ark with his own sufficiency, his own wisdom. And he left God out of the picture. Uh, you look back at chapter 13. And this tells us about the first time he tried to move it. Notice who he consulted with in verse 1. The captains of thousands, other leaders. The congregation of Israel in verse 2. In verse 4 it tells us all the congregation said that they uh, would do so for the thing was right in the eyes of all the people. God was not in it. He was not consulted, but he checked with all everyone else but he forgot to cons consult God. Chapter 14 will be a lesson in seeking out God. Uh, take a look at that on your own. 
But we're going to see later in chapter 15, David will consult the Lord. We see that in verse uh, 13. Uh, he's speaking to the Levites. They're the guys that need to move the ark. And he says, For because ye did it not at the first, the Lord our God made a breach upon us, for that we sought him not after the due order. There was their mistake. And he says, you guys need to move it. Uh, we're not going to do that again. So the Levites moved it. They put it on poles, and that's how they carried it, not on a cart. And it was done correctly after David sought out the Lord. So we need to be thankful by calling on the Lord. David was very mindful that he failed to do that. Always call upon the Lord, that we would not be self-sufficient. Uh, I think of the church at Laodicea, uh, a rich church, a very self-sufficient church, yet Jesus said they were far from him. And I wonder what their prayer life was like. I'd love to have been in a prayer meeting at Laodicea. Maybe they didn't even have one. Who knows? Maybe their prayers were shallow, but it would be really interesting to see what it was like. In Colossians 4, Paul makes, he connects prayer and thanksgiving. He says, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Uh, Matthew Henry says of that verse in Colossians, Christians should lay hold of all opportunities for prayer. And thanksgiving must have a part in every prayer. So every day, be in prayer, and as you pray, bring in thanksgiving. <coughs> that will make our lives richer. And then we can be thankful by telling the deeds of God to others. Verse 8, David continues, make known his deeds among the people. Uh, David was always telling others what God had done for him. I mean, just read through the Psalms. We see that over and over. It's there. It's what we call having a testimony. You know, everyone here has a testimony. Every believer should have a testimony. We have a testimony of the gospel, what Jesus Christ did, how he went to the cross, died for our sins, and was resurrected. We all have that. We believe in him. And we should share that. But we also should have a recent testimony of what God is doing in our lives. And talk about that. And share that also with others. That's so important. In fact, I should be able to walk down every road and ask each person, what is God doing in your life in the past seven days? Now, as you think about that, probably some of your minds went blank. Oh, my goodness. What's happened in the past seven days? We called on the Lord. All right, good. He's there to listen. But hopefully we, something came to mind right away that we could uh, be thankful about and share with others that he's done in the past week. And we just need to be those kind of people uh, prepared 
to share. I like the, the leper that we find in the first chapter of Gospel Mark. Save your place, but just turn to Mark 1. Gospel of Mark. Chapter 1. And the end of that chapter, Mark 1, verse 40, a leper comes to Jesus, beseeching him, kneeling down, saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus, moved with compassion, put forth his hand, touched him, saith unto him, I will, be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. Now remember a leper. This guy lived by himself. He may have been with some other lepers, but they could not be by other people. He'd lost contact with his family, his friends, his loved ones. He was isolated. There was no going home and having a family meal. There's no having a Thanksgiving dinner for a leper. And this is profound. Jesus reaches out and touches him. How long had it been before he'd been touched? And now he's healed. And Jesus says, and straightly charged him, and forthwith sent him away. Says, saith unto him, See thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show yourself to the priest, Offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But you look at verse 45. But he went out and to begin publish it much and to blaze abroad the matter. He could not shut up. He wasn't going to shut up. I mean, he had his life restored. And he couldn't be silent about it. He went out and shared his testimony, didn't he? What Jesus had done. People heard about it and they started showing up. Well, we need to be like that leper. Be thankful by telling the deeds of what God is doing. Of our salvation. We can be thankful by singing praises to the Lord. Uh, David continues in verse 9, back in 1 Chronicles. Uh, sing unto him, sing praises, sing psalms unto him, talk ye of all his wondrous works. Will we sing in heaven? Oh yes. We get to sing in heaven. We got many new songs to sing. Uh, David was a musician. He, he loved to sing to the Lord. Uh, in fact, uh, maybe in heaven, he might be a worship leader at times. We'll get to see him uh, lead us in that experience. He had a heart for that. But you look at the preparation for the ark. Uh, music and singing had a prominent place. You look back in chapter 15, uh, verse 16. Uh, David spoke to the chief of the Levites to appoint their brethren to be the singers 
with instruments of music, psalteries, harps, cymbals, sounding by lifting up the voice with joy. And the following verses list all their names. But music was a central place. God's people were to be singing. I always wonder about a Christian sometimes comes into church and, and they never sing. They just stand there. Uh, so something's not right. Something's missing. Uh, you know, it's God's people. We should want to sing uh, to our Lord with God's people. And we can sing in good times. We can sing in the dark times. Always like Paul and Silas, beaten, thrown into prison, chained up, locked in stocks. And what does the book of Acts tell us that they're doing? They are praying and singing praises unto God. They're singing. And the prisoners heard them. That's a testimony we should have. We praise God by singing. A thankful people also appreciate the name and glory of God. Uh, look at verse 10. David says, Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Jesus began his prayer. Remember the Lord's Prayer? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Honored God's name. And he'll end that prayer, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. In Revelation, we see the hosts of heaven. 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. And Revelation says, they're all saying, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power, riches and wisdom, and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And David says, glory ye in his holy name. Paul tells us Jesus has been exalted and given him a name that is above all name, that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Jesus Christ is Lord. Uh, when Isaiah saw the glory of the Lord, he went away a changed man. He was different. The shepherds in Luke with the Christmas story uh, Luke tells us the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. And then the angel sang, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill to men. And the shepherds went and they found the child. And the Bible tells us and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, as it was told unto them. You see, when we appreciate God's glory, well, it prepares us for Christmas. But it also, when we appreciate God's glory, it prepares us to live life daily, even in struggle. When we appreciate God's glory, it prepares us for heaven. 
And then David tells us, a thankful people rejoice. Verse 10. The heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. I mean, the whole event of bringing the ark into the city was surrounded by joy. There was music. There was singing. Sacrifices. Excuse <coughs> me. Uh, gifts were given to the people of bread and meat by David. A meal was prepared. A sad face would be out of place at such a time. It was a time of joy and celebration. Uh, it's interesting to look at uh, Guinea's Book of World Records. Uh, in a past issue, they uh, talked about uh, the oldest living person at that time uh, was uh, Janet Calmet of Paris. Uh, she's over 120 years old. But uh, she was born a year before the telephone was invented before Alexander Graham Bell. She remembers the construction of the Eiffel Tower. She sold colored pencils to Vincent van Gogh. She survived 27 French presidents. And they asked her, what's the secret to your long life? She responded, laughter. Isn't that interesting? The Bible says a cheerful heart is good medicine. In Psalm 32, David will say, write, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, shout for joy. Now, some have the mistaken concept that Jesus was just a somber, no-fun person to be around. But in the Gospels, where do we find Jesus? We find him at weddings, banquets, feasts. He is a sought-after guest. People like to be around Jesus. They just gathered wherever he was or stayed and showed up. Parents would bring their children to Jesus to be blessed by him. I mean, would you bring your child to a mean old Scrooge? No, there must have been something about him that, that those parents could see to bring their little ones to be blessed. Because in Jesus, we find true joy. The Ethiopian eunuch in Acts 8, through the witness of Philip, found Jesus. And what does the Bible tell us? Does the Bible say that after that experience, he went away somber and sad? After finding Jesus? No. The Bible tells us he went on his way rejoicing, filled with joy. He's a giver of joy. That's what I like about Thanksgiving. It is an honest holiday where we just get together, have a great meal, and be thankful for God's goodness. That's what it's all about.
and it comes to those who seek the Lord. That's the key. Seek him out. And that's our invitation. Maybe today you need to come and just seek the Lord. I'm going to bring our team back up. We're going to sing hallelujah. But today, maybe God has tugged at your heart. You need to seek him out. You need to come and give him that proper place. Say, Lord, I need what you can do. I need you to make my life what it should be. I need your goodness. I need your presence. You come. Let's stand as we sing. Hallelujah.